Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome people to episode 484 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Works on a project at work for the best part of a year, and then it gets cancelled in an email. Ian Loring, having a terrific day. That does not sound like a... That does not sound like a banger of a day, that one here, to be honest. That Wasn't like a, brilliant. That not having a great week. Sounds like a bit of a shit of that. <laughs> Sorry, bud. And <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, Becky's not here. I'm mostly where Becky usually sits, but she's not here at the moment. She's on her way back um, from, from work. Um, she will join us at some point when, when, she, when she gets here. Um, so yes, there's, there's that. Uh, what else have we got? Well, yeah, we've just recorded uh, the penultimate episode of It's From The Bong, our look through the movies of Bong Joon-ho, uh, which we looked at Okja. We've got one left to go, but if you do subscribe to our Patreon, uh, just uh, $2 uh, a month, you, you can go back and you can listen to all of them, as well as just loads of other stuff. There's a lot. There is a lot of shit on there. There's and there's a, a lot, lot of good stuff on there as well. <laughs> you know, we've, we, we, what have we done? We've done Michael Mann, uh, which is really good. Uh, we've done all the Hellraiser films, which we did. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we've done some we've done some bonkers marathons on there, haven't we? Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, Michael Mann, Guy Ritchie, Bong Joon Ho. Um, oh, for fuck's sake, we've done others. Christ, yeah. Hellraiser, we did. Let's say we did. Uh, we've done other. We've done, we did Halloween ones. I feel like we have. I feel like we've yeah, we've done Halloween. Yeah. Um, we, we, we did some David Fincher. <laughs> yeah, which we're going to pick up again. We're going to pick up again, uh, because he's got another film coming out. Uh, so, yeah. So, just go across and listen to that. Also, listen to our friends' podcasts. Um, oh, oh, oh. And also, we did uh, the Scream films before Scream 5 last year. We did, yeah. So, you can refresh our, with our, our thoughts on on those movies, because um, Scream comes out this, this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, buddy, tomorrow. Honestly... I know the day it comes out, I know the day all these films comes out, but at the moment, because everything's a little bit, like, um, I will use the phrase good chaotic in my life at the moment, I have no idea what day it is. Although I know it's the 8th of March, but I know that it's the 8th of March, but in relation to what that is to any other day, like, I know it's the 8th of March, my brain can't go, so tomorrow's the 9th. It yeah, just sure. knows today is the 8th. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yes, so um, yeah, International Women's Day. There you go. Fuck it. Oh, by the way, if there is anybody listening, yeah, it's November nineteenth, dickheads. Gotta say, saying International Women's Day, yeah, fuck it, is probably not a good combination of phrases. I or I, maybe it, I think yeah. it is. I all was right. I, 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 it, it, just the use of it is all. <laughs> I, the um, the little. Because we, the company that I work for has its own social media platform um, on it, and I was the I was one of the people who was used for the face of our International Women's Day uh, things today. No, you weren't. I, Fuck off. I was, along with other, along with other employees that that that, that maybe on, were women. On what social media platform? Um, I will text you the name of it. If you can't actually can't access it unless you work for the company I work for. Oh, uh, right. I thought you meant like literally. You go on their Twitter nope. and there's a picture of you with like the the women of the company. No, 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 no. Not, not, not. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine what that would look like. <laughs> 
when the photo was taken, I was on my lunch and I was sat back and one of the people I work with just sort of said, um, oh, can we just take a quick photo of you for the, the International Women's Day thing? And I was like, why? I was like, why? All right, fine. And it was like, it was to do like a whole, like, it was a lunch thing. But the thing was, I was watching Oakchair at the time on my iPad. And so... Um, I'm having this photo taken of me just sort of sat back, pretending that it's really a candid thing, and I'm looking at my screen, and on my screen is the scene where she, where Oja is having her ass massaged to shit on this guy who's chasing nice. them. And I'm just thinking, I feel like she's turning my screen around so people can try and work out what the fuck is going on. It's just, uh, yeah. It got... Uh, to be fair, it got 78 likes. <laughs> That's great. I, I love that you are in a job in which you are thriving. <laughs> um, and it, it just, it's so funny that it's for that company. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Yep. It's great. <laughs> yep, it's all good. Oh, good. What do we have this week, though? Um, well, uh, we have uh, a review of Creed 3. Um, we, we, we've seen it um, Bex might be with us for that she might not be if she isn't she'll catch up she did say she doesn't have any thoughts on it because she she, she just couldn't get on with it yeah, <laughs> which yeah. was quite powerful when I was watching it with her um, yeah. we've got some uh, what we've been up to um, bits in there I've got some films and I've got some other bits to chat about we got the penultimate last of us yes um I was going to say hopefully Becky would back for that, but it's a little bit like there's no point in covering it until she is. Um, and yeah, what else have we got? Uh, we've got the largely pointless uh, trailers and uh, news section. Um, <laughs> thank you to the free and a free out of five review on iTunes just to give context. I was very surprised that it was free out of five after reading the first two paragraphs. Yeah, but. I, I, there were actually some really nice comments still, in that was, last Honestly, if you are still listening, which I hope you are, we do thank yeah, anyone, man. anyone for listening. Um, and yes, uh, so thank you much also for reviewing. And, and, and give us three stars. I'm sorry, I genuinely find Mark and Becky funny. I am fucking funny. That is the like, bit. I, I, it's, I, it's I don't take on. umbrage at a lot. <laughs> I'm a man who lives without ego. You can pretty much say what the fuck you want about me and I kind of don't care. I'm a funny motherfucker. <laughs> it, and I agree. Um, but no, no, seriously though, like, it, it, you know, it was a three out of five. It was overall positive with that that score. So thank you for that. We've yeah. got one or two one star reviews on there. Yep. Yeah. So thank you very much. And yeah, we hope you are listening. But and I'm sorry, I do find them funny. And the trailer of talking news, you you may find uh, pointless. <laughs> that that that's that's cool. Do you know what the odd I thing like is, talking about it is. I always think that that's probably the most structured part of our show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's the part that I'm most sober. Um, I, 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 I thought, fuck it, that's, that's, that's like the bit that's got a bit of balance and a bit of structure, that. Um, but also, as well, I'm, I'm still going to occasionally go, right, I'm not going to spoil this. Because some things I won't spoil. I am going to talk about a movie later on that is pretty new that I know Ian hasn't seen but I'm going to spoil the living shit out of it because um, yeah because I want to talk about it 
Interesting. I mean, it, it, so uh, this this the review again for context was saying like we we talk about how we're all spoilers all the time, and then sometimes we're cagey about things. To be clear. Uh, you know, and just for anybody new, when we say all spoilers all the time, we're talking about the main reviews. Yes. If it if it's anything in the what we've been up to, and we feel that the other people listening or the other well, the other one of the three of us or two of the three of us would enjoy it not being spoiled, then we don't spoil it. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe we need to be clearer on that. It's actually decent feedback. It is decent feedback. And all of this is is, is, is mild teasing. Um, but Ian, moving no, on. I, I thought it was constructive. And yeah. thank you for it. And yeah. hey, look, you know, you, there, there was some nice stuff at the end. Three out of five. That's cool. It's not going to send us rocketing up the iTunes charts, but it was fucking honest. And it wasn't just a... It wasn't. A, it wasn't a dog pile. I appreciated it. Yeah, I'd as well. Actually, genuinely, it was quite. It's quite nice feedback. <laughs> the bits. Uh, yeah, all of it. To be honest, all feedback's good. And if you want to leave us reviews, uh, be them negative, uh, mildly positive. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Would prefer four or five stars. Or, I want to be clear. Oh, really? But... Fucking positive. Then, 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 please do so. Uh, these metrics do help. Uh, so iTunes and uh, Spotify. And I'll be honest. I think that this is possibly. I think there's maybe a handful of times we've ever plugged for reviews. On this show, yeah, we don't we don't do it often. No, we don't. You know, we... it's there's a lot of podcasts out there, and w- back when I did Cinerama, it was on the front page of TV and film for fucking iTunes, which shows how few TV and film podcasts there were back there, if anything. Yeah, I, so I, I I do remember in the early doing the monkey days, uh, we at one point were like number four or something like that one yeah. week. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah. So you know, it, it it is hard to get traction out there, and but at, at, you know, at the same time, I'm I'm happy with our lot. I mean, in terms of um, patron to listeners of the show who don't pay anything, percentages we're actually very very high mm. in podcast terms. Yeah. So uh, you know, it, it's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there you go. Review, but re, iTunes reviews, Spotify reviews are like legit helpful. But also, to be fair, a three out of five with some good feedback we can actually take away. Also, yeah, a, a, a fair, fair play. Yeah. Um, so, Ian, what has been happening in the movie news this week? I had some stuff in my head and I've forgotten it. So, well done, me. Um,. But, uh, oh, fucking, right. Star Wars movies. Yes. That's what it was. So, um, essentially, sorry, I don't think the mic's picking it up, but Lottie's just like doing what sounds like an ambulance wailing in the background. It was a bit distracting. Apologies. So, um, yes, there's been some updates on Star Wars movies. So, obviously, we haven't had one since 2019. Uh, They've been doing a lot of TV uh, to mixed results, but mixed positive, I'd say. Um, but uh, yeah, we we have some kind of updates. Um, so, Rogue Squadron appears to be dead, which I think we kind of knew anyway. Yeah. But also, the Kevin Feige produced one, which was supposed to be coming, is uh, also uh, not coming anytime soon. Um, oh, Eric's not coming, actually. It's just, it's not. He is too busy with uh, Marvel. Um, I do, 
I, I mean, I, I don't know. I was going to say I do feel bad for Kevin Feige, but he's Kevin Feige. But I, I, I just, I do wonder whether he's a bit. It would be nice to do something different. Uh, you know, just from a creative impulse point of view. Yeah, um, there's yeah. maybe an element of he thought that, and he maybe kind of took his eye off the ball with Marvel a little bit, um, and then has done a very similar thing to like what happened with David Lynch with Twin Peaks, and then has gone back and gone, "What the fuck have you done with this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, un- unfortunately, uh, Taika Waititi's one appears to still be um, going. Um, and also, just a thing came out on Deadline saying, like, yeah, it looks like it's still going, and he's also looking to star in it. Yeah, because um, of course he is. <laughs> I ju- yeah, I just, oh god, like, I, uh, he's got next goal wins coming out this year. Michael F. Aspender. That's gonna be really good. Yeah, and that's that. That, but that that's the thing. It's like that is probably gonna be good. I enjoyed Jojo Rabbit. I just don't need to see his face like that that, that that might be a personal thing but it, it it's just it feels like the old little britain sketch with dennis waterman the wrote the theme tune sung the theme tune you know it, it feels like that but with that guy who in every single fucking photo that he is in just looks so pleased with himself yeah and maybe maybe he's, maybe he's nice. I don't think he is, given some of the things that like have come out about his personal life. But uh, take a bit yeah. of a, a bit of a rest. I just uh, just to, to to put something out there right now that I, I I've, I've just discovered um, now. So in our little a little group chat that we have, um, something was being discussed the other um, last night, I believe. Um, about a, a a TV show, uh, which we're allowed to talk about now, uh, that's coming out on Disney Plus, and I genuinely thought it was a joke, and I've just found out now that it's not. What's that? I didn't know renovations was a real thing. I thought oh, it was right. somebody had made a joke poster. <laughs> 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 and, and, right. Okay. Yeah. And I just I, I went on just to type in like. Um, Maybe slash TV news, um, and then renovations came up. I was like, "What? Like, what? Wait, this is real." <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Is renovations going to be the first fucking Disney Plus show that I actually go? I might watch an episode of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, we'll uh, we'll 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 see. Um... Sorry, I've just uh, been distracted by apparently the Gary Lineker thing was the, the the lead story on BBC News this evening, which which which, which is, the is the absolute epitome of snake eating its own tail. Yeah, I swear to God, Gary, I I really really hope Gary Lineker goes fuck it, goes to Sky Sports and earns all the money in the world well, at he, this point. I mean, he, he's already contracted to BT as well, and. Right, right. Weird tangent to come out yeah, of here, but fuck it, let's go. So, right, this is gonna go. On. I'm, I'm gonna go fucking deep dive inside baseball a little bit here. Um, so, at the moment, 
there is a um, a little bit of a sea change, especially within um, English football teams, where the the big clubs, so that the big six clubs are um, Chelsea have just recently been bought and are throwing money around at an insane level. Um, Manchester City are um, owned by a um, a sovereign wealth fund, and Manchester United are currently um, looking for um, a, a buyout or some form of investment. Uh, Liverpool looking for a form of investment, and Arsenal are owned by um, an American businessman who will sell once it crosses a certain point. The thing is, the the biggest sport in the world, overwhelmingly, um, is is football, soccer, by a, a, an insane degree. Um, American owners might be shouting Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Um, more people will watch the, and I'm, this is all I'm going to say about it because people know my football views and the way that I see football. Uh, more people watch the Liverpool Manchester United game on, on Saturday than will than watch the Super Bowl. That is a fact. And, and thank you for not at all talking to me about it. I, I, I don't, and I don't do no, that. No, you don't crow. That's one of the things I most love about you. Yeah. You don't fucking crow. Um, and so the more people do, did, did watch that. But the mental thing is, um, the most expensive, the most high-valued football team on the planet is Real Madrid at around about eight billion. Whereas the Yankees, for instance, who play in a sport that is played in like four countries, um, and um, is like the seventh most popular sport on the planet, um, are worth twenty-five billion, and it's because of TV. It's because of TV. That's the reason why it's because of TV and the way it is marketed. Um, the, the the Premier League's f- TV deal dwarfs all the other football. You can basically buy all other football for around about the same as you can buy the Premier League, which is insane. It's why it, it, the, these teams can spend so much money. The f- mental thing is, people looking at that and going... Right, or American investors are looking at that and going, that is the fucking tip of the iceberg that's happening right now. There is so much fucking more to be made out of these out of this thing. We can we can turn that deal from where it is now and blow it up ten fucking fold. And that is the that's the, the the mental thing that's going on with these at the moment. So what you're going to have, you're going to have new players. Sky, BT, I mean BT's changing to uh, something else from next season. TNT Sports. Yes, because it's been bought out by um, Eurosport, effectively, and the people who are that. Yeah. Um, so it, it, that's that's changed, and I think that happened for around six hundred million because BT had put itself in so much debt buying the rights. Um, and then um, linking into Creed, um, Dizam, the uh, TV network, they're looking at possibly investing in it. Apple are looking at possibly looking at the, uh, investing in it. There is going to be a boom within this. Um, and one of those might look at it and go, hey, Gary, do you fancy presenting this show? It's the same thing as you do right now, but here's a shitload of money. I just, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's... 
I don't know why he he would be like why he can be fucked with it. Well, that, I, he I, I he think, doesn't need the BBC. He doesn't need the BBC, and also as well, his other thing is, um, is he doesn't need the money. He's he's very very wealthy. You know the he's he's you know he said before you know I I get a wage from that, but I do an awful lot for charity, and you know it's. My main income isn't from being a TV presenter. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I don't think I particularly wish anyone ill, but I tell you what, Suella Braverman, like, I kind of wonder by the time she fucking dies and goes to hell, how many people are going to be mourning her? Yes, um, Sue Ellen um, is a human fucking. Trash fire. It's like, I just, it, it, yeah. Fucking evil woman. Yeah. As soon as the, this, this current group of gargoyles are gone, it will be better. Yeah. Anyway. I'd I'd even take, um, if you were, even if you were to offer me and say that the best you're going to get is, is, Grown up blues. I'd be like, Do you know what? I will fucking happily take that right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. But moving on from politics, trailers. Ian. Yeah, yeah. No, we, I know. We, we, we don't um, do politics very often, so I think we're, no, we're going to allow ourselves a little bit of an indulgence there. And I don't talk yeah. football an awful lot either. No, it's, it's been a while, hasn't it? So, um, but yeah, just finishing off on the Star Wars stuff. So, oh, yeah, um, but no, you could, um, but. Um, yeah, there is a film from uh, director Charmin Obey Chinoy, two-time Oscar-winning documentarian, um, which uh, seems like it's maybe closer to get, getting going as well. Um, I know Chin Stroker Mike had said that, like, listen, like listening and reading the things that he does because he's like pretty heavily into Star Wars. That apparently that one is like close to go in well the, so uh the next one i read from what i was reading about it saying um uh, that the next star wars film hasn't announced what it's going to be but it will be released christmas 2025 yeah which is bonkers that's still another like two and a bite well, near on three years away Yeah, yeah. I mean that that that's it. But I mean, like the, the the thing is, the pandemic just really fucked with the whole is streaming the golden ticket thing, and you know, and it, it's like now, it seems to be resetting a bit. So actually, there is still gold in those theatrical hills. Mm. Um, and you know, also, Book of Boba Fett didn't meet with that great a response. I mean, it basically was Mandalorian season two point five. Um, and or like was been critically very well received is like the least watched of all the live action Star Wars shows so it's like not every single one of them is a banger either um, you know like and with Marvel it's all becoming less of, a, of an event which Kevin Feige fair play has kind of admitted because there's just been so fucking much of it so you know it's the whole how how do you make these things special again and by the time you have a six year gap and get to here is Star Wars on the big screen that's going to be an event 
Which, yeah, is possibly, a, like you say, possibly a better way to do it. Yeah, but they and they need to get it right. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. I say, it, it, like say, it probably is a better way to do it. It's to have put the brakes on it a little bit and you know let it have it come back to life a little bit and get, like say create an event again. Um, it's maybe just yeah, maybe it's the right way to go about it. I mean, interesting thing I was reading in an interview the other day with the uh, Parks Brothers uh, who run. Uh, Parkway Cinemas, um, and they're like, I mean, they're building like they're trying to open like another. I think it's another two um, this year, um, and they were saying like, we, you know, we're just we're gonna open. Um, I think they're doing like four or five at the moment. They're saying we're gonna open them in like spaces that are in between big multiplexes. So we're looking at where people might have to travel 25, 25 to 35 minutes to get to their nearest multiplex. We're going to go, well, maybe there's a town there where they can travel 15 minutes. And we can just show the big hits and we can also show interesting stuff. And we can show theatre and bits like that. But we also, we don't want to make them budget cinemas. We want to make them, like, they, they were talking about saying, we want to open a Dolby cinema at some point within the next 18 oh. months. Nice. I just said, and we don't want to do it in London. <laughs> Hell yeah! Like, and we're, we're looking at that, and you know, I, I, I say I, I go to Parkway at the moment. Um, I actually went to Cineworld to see to see Creed, but um, I, I do go to Parkway now, and I've I've been impressed. And I know George was saying one's opening up near him, um, and you know the the the, the, the production quality and everything like that is really good. So it's it's good that maybe the cinemas are still. Like that, if you've got business people there going, do you know what? Cinema's still, it's all right. <laughs> mm. It's there. Um, it's not mm. all fucking uh, city world <laughs> setting fire at themselves and then and then just showing loads of adverts for themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been lovely not going to cinema world. I, to think the, the the annoying thing is, I very much enjoyed going to watch Creed there. I didn't enjoy the fact that it's a, that it basically the, still has the welcome back. It's like we've been back a while, mate. Just yeah, it's fucking incredible. It's been nearly two years. Yeah, and then they go sit back and relax. But first, we're going to show you some trailers for the for you know all these trailers have been specially selected, and it's like all right, cool. And then the first thing they show you is four separate Cineworld adverts. Two trailers, then two more Cineworld adverts. And you're going, I am literally here. I am literally in the building. You don't need to advertise yourself that much to me. I'm here. Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, that company's not going to exist this time next year. So they're they're reaching for what they can get. Yeah. I, I, you know, and it, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what that happens with Cineworld because that's not a viable business. No, I, I look forward to watching a YouTube fan-made documentary in about three years' time about what the fuck happened to Cineworld. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, this is the thing. It's like now I don't go to the Cineworld in Cardiff unless I like unless it's convenient um, because like I know that they're going to be cost-cutting like 
fucking no one's business. Right. Like, so you... Cold as fuck. The, cold as fuck? Yeah. It was so cold in there. And I, it usually doesn't bother me, but it was... I was, like, having to, like, huddle myself a little bit and go, this is, all right, it's fucking cold in here. Yeah, I, it's it's that. I reckon, like, the, the, the projector bulbs, they're going to be ragging them for absolutely all they're worth. And those things... If you keep on playing them, they're full of xenon gas. They'll just explode. Yep. Um, I it, like back in the day, I used to have to wear fucking like bomb-proof protective gear to change a projector lamp. It was the most terrifying part of my fucking day when that when that happened. Oh, and especially if I had to do it by myself. Holy shit. Uh, it's it was like a, it, straight up it was like a game of operation where it's like <laughs> if you touch the sides there is a risk that this thing blows up in your hands which would be deeply unpleasant <laughs> yeah real fucking scary real scary and i was getting paid not much more than minimum wage for the for the honor <laughs> yeah like, like seriously man i mean like i know there, like there basically are no projectionists anymore, but it was fucked that we just did that. Yeah, the mental things in it that you that you, you when you think about it and go, wait a minute, <laughs> what? Yeah, just and the amount of responsibility that we had, like if we weren't doing our jobs properly. It would be refunding like three hundred people in a cinema well, or something like that. You know what I mean? I I not not too long ago got called up uh, by a recruiter um, and offering me uh, an interview for the role of the uh, manager of Cineworld in York, and I I kind of said, oh, I'm, I'm not really that interested at the moment. And then they continued to kind of give the spiel, and they went. Oh, and it comes a salary, and they told me the salary. Yeah, and it was twenty three thousand pounds a year to, to actually be the manager, like, like not just like a shift manager, oh. the manager. And I was like, so, and, and, and that's why I said I was like, hang on a minute, is that for like a shift manager job or like a night like manager or like a, a, a what? And like honestly, it's the the, the, manager, the branch manager for the the entire. It's the cinema manager. I was like twenty three. Like, <laughs> I was like, if you can. Can you just have you? And I said to the crew, I was like, "Are you sure you've got the right wage there?" And she's like, "Yeah." I was like, twenty-three thousand pounds. She's like, "Yes." And, she, and her response was, I mean, "That's that's quite good in today's market." I was like, "No, that's no, terrible. That's appalling." Um, you know, I was already saying no. Now I'm saying no, and you should be a little bit ashamed that you are ringing people and offering them that money to do what I know is a miserable job. <laughs> 23 grand yep. to manage an entire cinema? Yes. Fuck's sake. I know. <laughs> yeah. And I bet, like... like it, I, I bet they couldn't even say that, like, there's a decent, like, structure around it. Like, there's a generous pension scheme or, like, a shares scheme or something like that. There won't be any of that shit. It'll be 23 grand. Oh, and you get free cinema tickets. I, 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 do you know what the mental thing was? I think she said you you get, like, 
um, it's like all free cinema tickets. You get like two free cinema tickets a week. Great. <laughs> yeah, be, uh, which I would be glad for because I wouldn't be able to afford my uh, Cineworld membership if I was on twenty three thousand pounds a year. <laughs> I bet, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, oh, fuck's sake, man! I mean, it's like so. Like, some of our helpline staff are on easily more than that. The, the, the bonkers thing, and again, we're, 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 we're tangent here, guys. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. But yeah. we will get back on, the, on a normal service. But the thing there is, what happens with that is somebody gets that job because somebody needs that job and somebody will take that job. But it'll be somebody who, through no fault of their own, um, has no experience, has, does not have enough experience for that job because anybody who has enough experience for that job will not take that wage. So they will take that job because it, it, it might be a better wage for them, but they won't have the experience to do it. So therefore, the whole, the, the whole experience of going to that cinema will in all likelihood, not necessarily, but in all likelihood, become worse because the person is... Frankly, either incompetent or, or quite simply, just out of their depth. Yeah, um, and and that's that is what is going to happen. So it, it, things will go to shit because of that, and then the cinemas, the, the cinemas themselves as an entity, they will go downhill. People will stop going, and they will lose money, and it's all because they don't want to pay people a, a fair wage. We'll cut costs you there. And that, that, that's what happens. It's it's the steady slope of this. And it, it's it's silly. A lot of... It's why retail is on its absolute arse at the moment. I just, wild. Wild. Yep. Just wild. Anyway, trailers. What have we got? Yeah, I... Oh, hey! Thank you, monkey. Oh, thank you very much. Right, 50p is going into your bank account. Thank you. Can I put this away? Oh, yes, please. That'd be great. Thanks, babe. Um, sorry, I've just got to move 50p over to uh, Ossie's uh, bank account for grabbing me some beers. It's brilliant. She's got a phone now, so I can just text her. <laughs> nice. Um, right. Uh, so, yeah, trailers, is it? Yes. Okay. What have we got? Um, I've only got. I've only got two. There's definitely. Yeah, there's definitely a couple, isn't there? So we've got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Yeah. Directed by the guy who co-directed Mitchell uh, Mitchell's and the Machines. Yeah. A film which, like Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, is showing the uh, influence that Spider Verse has had. Absolutely. Which is great. Absolutely fine keep on doing that and they're fucking teenagers yeah they're actually teenagers they're not teenage mutant ninja mid 20s <laughs> yeah I mean it looks really fun I'm comes out it. in August right in the summer holidays I think it's going to be a treat yeah I, I, I think I, it's I think I don't think it's going to do fucking insane numbers but I think it's going to do very well and I think it's going to be very fun and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it I'll, I'll, Hell yeah! I'll say that a lot more than the next one we're going to talk about. What's the next one? It's the Apple TV's Ghosted. Oh yeah. A a. So I watched the trailer for this, and I was going, 
alright, fucking rom-com with um, uh, Anna Armis and Chris Evans where she's just not responding to him. Alright, fuck it, yeah, I'm alright with this. And then bang, it becomes an action like spy movie. I was like, oh, this just got really boring. And um, I, we've been talking about it in the group chat, but I hadn't actually watched the trailer because I was at work at the time. And uh, from the show, Noel Mellor um, mentioned and said, well, this was clearly written for Ryan Reynolds, wasn't it? It, it really was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's written by the guys who wrote Deadpool and Deadpool 2. Yeah, they clearly had it um, in mind and then went, ooh, right, you know, it's that ghosted movie. He's gone. So. Kind of just had another kid and promised Blake that I might take a little bit of time off. <laughs> the, the thing is, you can kind of understand Ryan Reynolds as this character. Kind of. He's got a little bit more everyman to him than Chris Evans. Not much, but yeah, some. He, he, he can pull that off. He can pull off handsome as fuck and a little bit goofy everyman. He's he's a mildly hotter Jim Carrey at points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, Chris Evans... You can have him be the action guy. You could maybe have him be the everyman, or at least the romantic, the romantic lead, the romantic kind of like, I will cross countries to see a girl. Very, he's very fun in uh, the Anna Faris. Um, what's your number? Yeah, sure, As a rock sure. Cop. He's he's very fun in that. The the problem is, he played Captain America. Yeah, he, but you you can't. It, it's basically, I I think this, may, I, I I hope to be proven wrong, obviously. But this trailer is kind of showing that maybe you can't have it all, Chris Evans. No. You can't be the unlucky in love guy who falls for the mysterious stranger woman, but also by the end of the film be. Throwing around a gun like you've known it all your life. Well, yeah, so it's, it's obvious that he's going to be something, isn't he? He's not just going to be an everyman. He's going to be like if, another agent or something like that. Yeah, if if they're going to red notice it, where it's like, you know, The Rock was uh, an a FBI agent, but then all along he was actually with Gal Gadot. And then with this, it's going to be like, well, he was a sad sack, but also actually he was like CIA. Fuck off. This is the thing. I don't think this film wins either way. No. Because because the minute it becomes a action action a rom action comp, um the minute you put that action bit in it, I, I, I completely fucking lost interest and just went, Oh, so what you're basically going is the almost a joke of um oh we're having a date night movie in. What do you want to watch? Because she wants to watch a girly rom-com and he wants to watch an action film. Boom! Ghosted! Yeah, the, the, the thing is, it's directed by Dexter Fletcher. Yeah, but that's it. He's fun. <laughs> like, so... That, that I can't write... I just... I can't write it off completely. Yeah, and so it's such a bad trailer. 
it's 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 a really really bad trailer. It is also a trailer that is going for a mass market. Yeah. Um, and it may well just be that. It, it, you know, it, it's a trailer just trying to be something to all people. Yeah. Um, we're, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's a, it's a really bad trailer. Yes. Do we have any other trailers? Did you want to talk about On a Wing and a Prayer? I didn't watch the trailer for it. Is there a trailer? No, I yeah. I didn't know the trailer. I thought it was a poster. I thought they might no, there, there still be making trailer. it now. <laughs> I I, start, I I I got about fifteen seconds into the trailer. I got distracted by something else and never came back to it. <laughs> oh god! It's yeah, just, let, let's move on. Let's move on. I I I will watch that at some point. Probably probably the same week as I'll watch Father Stew. <laughs> Father Stew's on something now. Is it Amazon Prime? It's on. Now, now TV. So now, yeah. yeah. And I, I am going to watch it at some point. It's going to be a good old lunchtime watch. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I expect, I thoroughly expect it to be bad. Mm-hmm. So, alright. Right, let's go. Um, so, Creed 3 is um, directed by Michael B. Jordan, um, written by uh, Keenan Kugler and Zach uh, Bailey. Keegan Kugler, who I believe is Ryan Kugler's uh, little brother. Sure. Uh, and stars Michael B. Jordan, uh, Tessa Thompson, John Majors, uh, and other people. And he doesn't um, star um, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What does IMDb say about it? Adonis has been thriving in both his career and family life, but when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the face-off is more than just a fight. Um, Ian, Creed 3. Um, ah, Jonathan Majors is a bit fucking good, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude's a fucking star. Yeah. Uh, Fair play. Yeah, yeah, I'll get into it with him. Later on, <laughs> it, it, it's um, it's yeah. I'm so much more up for seeing him in future Creed films than I am for seeing him in future Marvel films. And we, we know we're going to see him in a lot more Marvel films. We don't know if we're going to see him in another Creed. I mean, there's going to be another Creed. It's just, is he going to be in it? So, um, yeah, this is great. This is this is really really good. This is exactly what you want it to be. Um. Michael B. Jordan has an eye. He's got shit to say. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like ego service at all because so much of the success of the film is Jonathan Majors and Jordan is smart enough to know that and utilize him. Um it is a film that has got fuck it it's got shit in the basement. There's you know, uh, uh, Rocky's trainer said in Rocky Balboa, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and it 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 feels vital. It. Yeah, I I I I thought it was cracking. I love, love, love the way that you just see Jonathan Majors' point for so long, 
And even when he turns against Creed, it's for a reason that's understandable because he like he thought that yeah he, he that that Creed Creed had ghosted him basically. It's there's a it's so smart. Mage yeah. plays it so like plays like just the role so well. He he has this because and as well, Jordan does this thing of. He doesn't lay everything out, um, and he doesn't. He doesn't even like. He doesn't even explain everything in loads of detail as you go through it either. You know, the guy you, you don't get a Jonathan Majors going. This is what happened to me in prison. Bit you just know that he's been in prison since he was a very young man. And he's a little bit older than Creed. So you're saying he's been in prison probably since he was, you know, 18, 19. And he's now in his mid to late 30s. But he, he, he plays it as just this... He's he's just a bit broken. He's not, he's not an arsehole. He's just, you know, he's not an unmitigated prick. He's just broken and angry and just... It feels that he was robbed of the life that he should have had, and one really clever thing I think the movie does, or a lot, one of one of the really clever things the movie does, he has, you don't fucking shoot the guy. He hasn't murdered anybody. No, he pulls a gun. He on pulls him. a gun on him, and he's got a few misdemeanors, and he's got yeah. it, it's his third strike, so he goes. That's it. He gets a longer sentence, and he's clearly you know added a couple of years on. From being in, inside, um, but he's become a the, what the film does without ever actually fucking forcing it upon you is it shows you look he's a decent guy he's just become a man in prison it, yeah I mean, and he's like the and one... he's broken by it. the scene where he's where they sat in the um, in the restaurant or the the diner and he's Major is playing it as. He's not figured everything out. He's not playing. He's not fucking Max Cady in fucking Cape Fear. But he's he's twitchy and he's... You can see that his emotions are just bubbling there. And he doesn't quite know what to do. It's it's a fucking brilliant performance. It really is. Because it, it, it's interesting. I think one of the one of the missteps that the film maybe makes is having it be that he paid like he basically paid that guy to break uh, Drago's hand yeah. or whatever it was and that that felt a little bit all right so he did have some malicious intent there even if it wasn't necessarily against creed there was some malicious intent there mm. and i like cuz what i thought was interesting was the whole kind of like it, it's like you say he hasn't got a master plan, like, and the, the trailer does is actually quite clever in setting it up like he does. But yeah. then the film is actually smarter than that. Where, you know, him going for dinner and like, look, train at my, and when he was like, for real, you do that for me. It's like that's genuine. Like that, that, that. You know, obviously there's resentment there, but it's not until like things have gone on past that point that then he's like, actually, do you know what? Fuck fuck Creed, I'm going to do my my own thing. But I do wish that 
Drago just injured himself somehow somehow else. Yeah, I, 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 I can see your point there. Um, I, you know, it would have taken that... It would have taken a more malevolent nastiness away from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just in that moment, there's that. Because the rest of it, you can explain it as it's it's trauma. It's the life that the guy's led. Yeah. You know, like, it, 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 he's the other side of the coin from Creed. And that moment just doesn't quite do that. It's a little bit of an easier out for him being a bad guy, which the rest of the film is smarter than. Yeah, and, and, um, and, and yeah. Jordan's good at... You know, from a direct tutorial point of view, but it, it is a as an actor or an artist working within films, he's good. He's good at that because you know, Killmonger is a fucking brilliant example. You know, and let's be honest. Outside of the repeat characters, there's a strong argument in a film that I don't even think is anywhere near as good as people would like to think it is. Um, is is quite easily Marvel's best character. Um, and it's it, yeah. a detriment to the Black Panther films is the fact is that he's he's more interesting and a better character than, than a lot of the other characters within that that particular part of the universe. But yeah, it's... But John, it, it, I'm speaking about him more as a, from a directorial point of view. Um, it, he, he's, he's doing some interesting shit here. I, I'm not even... I'm not, not sure all of it lands perfectly, but I was on board enough for the big one that he does in the fight scene, um, in, the, in the end fight, where I went, do you know what? Visually, I think it's a little clumsy, but the idea for what you've done is fucking interesting. The idea that you've got, right, no. This is nothing else matters. The fanfare and the show that's going on and all the people fucking screaming and baying for blood. None of that matters. This is two fucking people just punching shit out. I, 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 I yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah. Like, it, it is such, it was such a, a, like, unexpected moment. And I, I, I thought it was super powerful. I mean, to be, to be fair, so Michael B. Jordan's love of anime has been like well documented oh, yeah. in the press for this, and he was quoted as saying that he wanted to like subtitle them where they're not actually talking, but it's just their thoughts fighting each other while you're also seeing them punching each other. Yeah. And I'm like, and he was like, you know, someone told me that'd be a bit too much, and I think they were probably right. And it's like, yeah, that would that would have been too much. But, but the thing you know, there but... is, he's got the imagination <laughs> to, to massively yeah. think outside the box yeah, of, of what these movies formulaically normally are. He's got the imagination to do that, but he's also got the, the humility to actually fucking listen to somebody when they go, that might not be a good idea, that Mike. And him, him yeah, going, yeah, yeah. do you know what? Yeah, you're right. It's probably not a good idea. But could we just do it so I can watch it? <laughs> no, exactly. And then we can never release it. And you fucking know they did. <laughs> yeah, Matt, yeah. No, and it, it just, I love the way that it ties in elements from the other Creed films as well. You know, it's creating this universe. Like when it was... um. Fucking, Rick, fucking Ricky Conlon in that fight in South Africa at the start. I was like, hey, it's him. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, and then Drago plays like a nice, de- a decent part in it. And I love that whole, like the fraternity of it all, where 
they are just guys trying to make a living you know and it, it it does it does feel a little bit insular where it's like right because that guy had had his because uh, drago had his hands broken it's like right chavez i think his name is has got no one else to fight basically other than fuck it let's put damien in the ring i mean you know it's a film contrivance that has to happen but- and I, it, it, it feels of a place in these films. But I, I, I the thing is, I, I, I agree. Because I, I thought about that, and somebody, um, somebody mentioned that um, on a, something I was watching about it. Um, and the guy who they were talking about it too um, said, "No, I, I, I am actually heavily into, or was heavily into boxing," and was saying. Yeah, it's a little bit far fetched, but it's actually not. He said, you know, when I can't remember who it was, went to, was supposed to fight somebody and they broke their hand. This random fucking Mexican, you know, effectively nobody stepped in and then fucking beat them. And was also saying, you know, the other bit there is the biggest boxing matches of the past couple of years have been between YouTubers. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, no, but I mean, this is the thing. It's like they they do kind of like, I th- I think they do pull it off because they are just like he needs a payday. Yeah, you know, like we've got to do something that's gonna get people watching. And at the moment, it is yeah, uh, it's the, the, fights between YouTube personalities. And like honestly, I kind of think Creed Four could do with like leaning into that somehow. The thing is, the thing is, it's it's interesting as well because. Creed exists in a world where where what happened in Creed 3 happened. So Creed 3 doesn't exist in in the world that we know. It exists in a world that has Rocky. So that is a part of boxing law. That, that, that this thing mm. has happened. And it's part of boxing history. And a major part because Apollo was heavyweight champion in the world, Rocky was heavyweight champion in the world, and now Adonis is. So the, the idea is that within that sport, within this universe, three of the biggest names ever within that sport, or four, three of the four biggest names ever, are Creed, Rocky, uh, Adonis Creed, and uh, Drago. So it, that that makes it more kind of like believable within that world yeah 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 no for sure no absolutely um yeah I, it, it, the, the universe that this is creating and also i'll be honest the fact that like rocky's not mentioned and i didn't really think about it until i saw produced by Sylvester sylvester stallone at the end um I think it's a credit to to the film. I mean, um, I'm I'm I'm, 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 I'm there interested are actually for why he's not mentioned. But are, are you talking like because of the Stallone of it all, or is there something else? Um, so there is the whole ongoing dispute about rights because um, Ivan Winkler and uh, his. Family. Shartov, Robert. Oh no, yeah. Um, and uh, Shartov, Sloan's fine with it. It's, it's Winkler and, the, oh, really? and his children okay. that own the the rights to the Rocky characters, um, which is a little bit unprecedented. Um, 
so they can do whatever they want with them and Stallone doesn't have a say. Stallone has actually said that he will never watch Creed because it hurts him the fact that, that this is... that that Not that he can't influence. He's, he's you know, very cool and said, you know, I, I'm very cool with Michael. I've spoke with Michael. If, if in further Creed movies, Michael asked me to be on board and the Winklers had nothing to do with it, fucking, I would love that and would gladly work with Michael again on anything as long as they are not involved. But... Apparently, it was the Winklers who were like, we don't want Rocky mentioned at all. And John was like, we have to mention him, otherwise this bit doesn't make fucking sense. <laughs> it would be weird yeah. if he wasn't mentioned at this point. Okay. But the rest of it was like, it can't be, there can't be, it has to be completely ambivalent to whether or not Rocky is dead or alive. <laughs> I, I I hope they sort things out. I hope they do. Um, I don't think this suffers from not having Rocky in it. No, no. It doesn't. It, um, I, he's his own character. He's got his own people. It's fine. Yeah, I, um, I feel bad that Sylvester Stallone can't... I understand the reasons why Sylvester Stallone feels like he wouldn't be able to watch this just from a personal level. I do actually think he'd probably really like it. Oh, he'd love it, though, eh? Because he loves movies, and he and he's he, you know he really loves Michael B. Jordan. You know, Michael B. Jordan is very much caught in the middle of of all of this. And Stallone has sort of said in an interview, you know, that he accepts that he is caught in the middle, and it's he shouldn't suffer because of all of that. Mm. You know, he's got he has come out and said, you know. I'm still good friends with Dolph, and trust me, <laughs> there's a lot more that I should be pissed off with him about than than Michael. <laughs> yeah, and, and and hey, look, I mean, for for what it's worth, I thought Tessa Thompson was fine. It's the best you I've know. seen her in anything in a long time. But what I will say is, I wonder quite how stunned she was for the majority of it. <laughs> so that's a point. Um, she's she's. She sounds baked. Like, her energy and her voice is so low that it's like, well, you're clearly baked. <laughs> She's just very cool. And, and I, it, it, the, the kid I thought was decent. Like, I like I fucking... I like the kid. Yeah, that, that whole relationship was great. Like, towards the start where he's in the fucking Yoshi costume or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And he, he doing the tea party. That was lovely. That was fun. It was fun. His relationship with the kid who, you know, she, she's... That, the the setup for the possibility that she is going to be a boxing character, I was very into. Yeah, absolutely need deaf daughter of Creed sign language languaging insults at people before fighting them yeah yeah like that's it's i i I, the kid is good in it yeah but i mean like seriously in 10 years time that in the pop culture just like a badass deaf girl just signing fucking takedowns of people before kicking the shit out of them yeah that feels like something that would be huge. Yeah, yeah, I, I, like, yeah. I, I, it just kind of feels like a no-brainer to me. Oh, it does. Um, it does. The fact that I, the fact that the film ends 
um, with Adonis Creed in a in the boxing ring having a play fight with his daughter. It's kind of beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, um, I mean, definitely not shit. I, I, actually, do you know what? I think it's my favourite of the Creed movies. Um, I, 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 like I, Creed I, I, I could one might be a little better. I, I haven't rewatched it recently, but I like two. But this is a lot better than two. But two is two is a good movie. Uh, yep. But I, I, I was really impressed by this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Really, really up for what Michael B. Jordan's got. What, like what, whenever he has something, Nate, let's go. Yeah, be it Creed related. Well, I mean, he's. I, I'm glad he's so like. No, no, no. We're doing a fourth Creed movie. You know, it, he's and he's going to be directing it, and he's on board. Fuck it, yeah, go for it. Also, interesting to see what else he'll do directorial because he's want him. To- it's a film. It's a fucking film. I want him to do an anime adaptation of something. I don't care wherever he wants. Yeah. Because it'll be fun. Oh, wow. Audience poll. Creed. Definitely not shit. A hundred percent. Fuck yeah. There you go. Wow. Fuck it. Fair play. Fucking deserves it. Guess who's in the fucking house? Hey, bitches. What up? (laughs) And... As soon as Becky comes to the house, I go for a pee. Yeah, me Sorry. too. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Oh, sorry.
Hello. Hiya. Right. Should we, uh, should we back. last of us it? Yeah, we're back in the game. Right. Um, I'm going to shut the fuck up for a little bit and let you chat the penultimate episode of Last of Us. Um, yeah. And that'll get us. What What else have you been up to this week? Started. <laughs> so, have at it. So, I watched this today. Okay. It really, it it's really symptomatic of my issue with the series as a whole. That it's so fucking fast forward. Yeah, it's you've barely situated yourself into characters, and then off we go again. Mm. Yeah, it's um, kind of galloping through what feels like it, you know, what stuff that's important in the game, but feels like it could be. Like fleshed out in the show as well. Not even fleshed out. Like given a good meal, given a snack, and it it's star. It's just where episode three was like an hour and twenty minutes, and episode one was about that as well. But they said that episode one was originally two episodes. You've got this, which is like forty-eight minutes, and it just it I don't know. It kind of feels like Cliff Notes version of the game that combines stuff so like the whole the, the that town like joel and ellie actually like they killed that guy in the last one and they were actually people from that town mm. and it, I, like i and all you know i was like ah oh, okay interesting and then at the end of it none of those sound folk are there no you got troy baker and you got the guy who played david and apparently they're the only two people who were around when that fucking and then he, Troy Baker dies, and then the place is on fire. No one's there. No one's chasing after them. Mm. It just, it, it, it's feet, I don't know. It just felt like the minimum viable version of that part of the story that you could have done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it left me a little flat, this one, to be perfectly honest with you. It's, you know, you've got a really massive action sequence in the game is based around that bit where he and Ellie are waiting for um, the antibiotics to come back. But they've clearly decided, for whatever fucking reason, that the, the actual catalyst for all the events that are going on has no place in their show. The, it, it is wild. It is just how stupid. few clickers there've been. Yeah, or even just runners, or or runners, or anyone infected. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's crazy. It's, it's and it's it's starting to. The thing is, I, I get it. You don't want as many as are in the game because they're in the. There's so many in the game because that's what makes the game fun. Fighting stuff is what makes the game fun. You don't want as many, but you fucking want some, and you know. <sighs> I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get into it next week because I don't want to spoiler it, but the main... There's 
There's not many in the next one either, are there? Like, unless they do, like, some sort of major shift. Well, yeah. Like, the last last hour, hour and a half of the game, it's no infected. No, no. But the thing is, right, so the, the reason the end of the game... I'm going to try and do this without spoilers. But the, the reason the end Spoiler. of the game is so big of a decision for Joel is because it could eliminate a threat which is prescient throughout the game yeah that's a good point there is there isn't that threat these guys have just fucking walked across a massive chunk of america and not come across any of them so quite about a few encounters yeah yeah so quite feasibly you could just go somewhere remote and keep an eye out and that isn't the case in the game like they are they are a danger in the game what even if in the last episode in the settlement you had an action sequence where infected were trying to breach the fucking walls. Mm. Yeah. And just have some, you know, have some, because, yeah, you're right. The, it takes all the gravity out of the decision that he ultimately has to make. It The whole thing is going with major, the infected aren't the real bad guys. We are. And it's like, right, yeah. Make that in fun or into a show that has stakes because mm. at the moment it's they're just bibbling around go yeah it's go to a place and hey there's a society but there's some wrongins in that society yeah yeah i just i mean based on the show of course joel would make the decision that he makes because the infected aren't really a threat <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. So yeah, yeah it, it, it's. I'm getting very frustrated with the lack of stakes, like you say. But I mean, and it, it, it's. I feel like that they're paying a lot of attention to the DiCaprio meme in terms of that looks like looks like that bit from the game. Like the production design mm. is absolutely the game. I mean, it, it you know like oh, yeah. the. The, the sequence where um, Ellie is like hiding from David and sets the place on fire, that felt like shit. That is that location in the game made mm. real. Yeah. You know, like it, that, that, that stuff is super, super impressive. But just, you know, like I say, it's on fast forward. You've got like a couple of scenes where David is talking to his people and there's the, the like the, the girl saying you should, you should kill them. And then he smacks her and it's like, spend time with those people. You know, like, in, instead of David just monologuing about, well, I believe in the cordyceps and they protect people and blah, 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 and actually I'm feeding my people people and I'm not telling them yeah. in a monologue, I, you know, spend spend a couple of episodes with, with them or, or, or just don't have them in there at all and just be, base, be more basic about it. it, mm. it I don't know, it... It's weird because there have been there have been highlights in this series, and I've I've like I think Bella Ramsey is fucking brilliant. Yeah, like, she's so good mm. in this entire show. But I'm starting starting to get the impression that she's better than a lot of the stuff around her. Mm. Like I, I'm I'm hoping the next one's going to be the one that really sells me on Pedro Pascal, and there's material there for him for for that to be done from the game but 
it, it also just feels like episode three, so much fucking chatter about the show. Left behind a bit of chatter. It kind of feels like the, the show itself has just gone... Those are our standout episodes and we're going to get so much goodwill <laughs> that we don't have to bother as much with the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, don't get me wrong. I, it, it, it's it's still a net win for me, but it's it's starting to it's starting to bug me how much this decision that they've made affects the the weight of certain moments. Because like things like you know the reason why she even entertains anything that David is saying, and and like potentially like before he drops the bombshell, kind of wants to trust him is because they've fought next to each other and saved each other's lives during that attack. Yeah. Yeah. She wouldn't even give him the fucking time of day based on her character without that. But that, I mean, that's the thing. Instead, you've got him going, I'm not going to hurt you. You know, we're going to go get the medicine. You, you make a fire. We'll wait it out. And then the very next scene, it's, Oh, actually, we know who you are. You killed our friend. Blah blah blah. Yeah. There's, there's, fuck all tension, in basically any of the show, because it like things just happen within five minutes. Yeah, it hasn't got time for tension to build because no, yeah, no, nothing's allowed to breathe. Um. Yeah, and another thing that really, really fucking annoyed me. So David in the game. He's a bad dickhead, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He's, he's cannibal. That makes him kind of a bad dickhead. Uh, yeah. yeah? Uh-huh. Didn't need yeah. the fucking attempted rape bit. Just really fucking yeah. didn't need it. Yeah, really fucking lazy. Yeah. Really, really lazy. He's already a bad guy. Yeah. You want Ellie to kill him. You don't need him to try and rape Ellie either. No. As well. Absolutely you know, just, pathetic, juvenile decision to make. To be honest, really, really fucking annoyed me. I nearly switched it off. Um, it's like it's like shorthand. It's like Stephen King. If someone kicks a dog in a Stephen King book, they're a baddie. It, it's just like that. It's it, oh well, it's not it's not enough of a bad guy. How can we make him more of a bad guy? Oh, let's get him to fucking try and rape her. It, it, it pissed me off no end. That really, yeah, really yeah. fucking made me angry. I'll, 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 I'll be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at the point where if the next one wasn't the last one, I might be. I think I'm going to drop off because you know me. I don't stick with much TV. Mm. That, like at this point, they were very, very wise to cap it at nine episodes for me. <sighs> I, I, I get you're, you're more inclined for this. And don't get me wrong, like I, I think it's a net positive as well. But my my overall rating for the show so that like this season so far is seven out of ten. Mm. I just wish they hadn't wasted two episodes. But the thing is, those episodes are standout episodes, and I think they're really, really solid episodes, but they're also yeah, the, the everything else has been okay, but could have been better if they just spent more time. Yeah, 
that's it. Nine episodes with two lost two bottle episodes is stupid. For a, for a game of that size to adapt it, it's it's stupid. It either needs to be nine episodes and all of them are p- plot progression, or it needs to be more and have your weird little standout episodes that don't really have any bearing on the plot going forward. All they have bearing on is character development. But you spend an entire episode developing the the characters of Bill and Frank. They're dead by the time at, like Joel and Ellie get there. So it, yeah, I mean, it's it, developing it, characters. It, it, for no fucking reason. It's like as I said, like when we talked about that episode, it kind of showed Joel that there is stuff to like live for. There's a reason to fight. Mm. But to be fair, if you use that hour and twenty minutes for an episode of Joel and Ellie, mm. I'm pretty sure he would have found reasons to fight there as well. Yeah, exactly. But it would have been more time with Joel and Ellie. Yeah. And the thing is, I, episode three and episode seven are great in a longer series. I I, sl- I, I kind of feel like they weren't sure how this was going to go. Mm. And, you know, it, it only got renewed a few weeks into the season. It's not like they went, we're doing two, three seasons, straight up pickup. And it kind of, I, I, I almost feel like if they knew it's going to land well, you know, like you're gonna get a second season. Whether things would have been different, like mm-hmm. three and seven, feel very just so machine tooled to be. These are gonna speak to people. These are gonna get get us attention. But at the same time, we can't. We don't, can't get the budget to have longer other episodes or just a longer season. So this is our halfway house. I really, really hope that they don't just go, if we have bottle episodes that are about... Uh, uh, God, it sounds... I, I I don't... This sounds really bad, but it is a, a, are about relationships the internet will vibe with. Mm. But, be, you know, because we kind of want to make a point and instead go... We trust our storytelling instincts and Last of Us Part 2 has got a queer relationship at the heart of it. That is enough and we can tell a continuous story without bottle episodes, yeah. without going, look at me! Yeah. Which is what I like. Th- I, I like those episodes. That is what those episodes are doing for, for I think, quite cynical pay attention to this show reasons. Yeah. But I respect the quality of the episodes themselves, just maybe not why they were made. Mm. Um, I, I, I feel like the second season, with that bravado, if they lean into just trust us to tell a story from beginning to end with a decent budget and also, hey, you know, maybe some fucking infected... Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how it pans out, though. Have you seen the runtime for next week's episode? Eight minutes long. No, what is it? 46 minutes. 80? 46? 46 minutes. No need to apologise. Okay, thanks, HomePod. Um, (laughs) It's 46 minutes. Apparently so, yeah. 
That's like the shortest episode of the season. It is indeed. Fuck's sake, really? Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's what I read. I mean, the, the, the thing is, Mark, basically, what what the next episode... Spoilers. What the next episode should be if it goes by the game is... Um, they'll obviously not have the bit where you're creeping around the infected in that tunnel and then Joel hits his head or whatever it is. They will just go... They arrive with the fireflies. Yeah. And then Joel is told, we've got to kill Ellie to extract the gubbins to make the vaccine. To make the vaccine against the infection that no one has. Because we haven't seen any of it. And then Ellie's going to go, my life needs to have some meaning. Her not knowing about any of this. And Joel Joel going, yeah, it does. But I love you because I said baby girl at the end of the last episode. So (laughs) now I'm going to kill everyone. I'm going to kill the doctor performing surgery on you, who turns out to be the dad of the girl who kills Joel in The Last of Us Part 2. And then I'm going to whisk you away, tell you that they were wrong'uns and they wanted to kill you and that there is no vaccine. End of... And they're going to do that in 40 minutes. And it feels like they're going to do the most basic fucking version of that. Yep. End of season one. We'll see you in a couple of years when hopefully Bella Ramsey looks old enough. Yep. 43 minutes. The shortest episode is the last episode. 46, yeah. 43. 43, where's that from? I just looked at it on a... What is it? It said 43 minutes is confirmed. For fuck's sake. For 43 minutes, it's the shortest episode. And the, the bottle episode... Bill and Frank is Bill yeah. and Frank is about eighty. Is yeah, is 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 seventy six minutes long. Yeah. It's a short film in itself. Yeah. Is the Bill and Frank one? Yeah. It looks it looks even more weird with the fullness of the season. Yeah. Mm. And people wonder why I don't watch TV. But hey, we got to watch Nick Offerman get fucked by a man. Which everybody needs to see. <laughs> Becky, we, we've talked quite a lot. What else have you been up to this week? I haven't been. I've actually watched some films this week. Would you like have? to talk about the films that I've watched? Yes. Um, and then I'll talk about the game that I've still not finished because I got distracted by films. Um, okay. Do you know why? Because films are legit. No, um, so I, see, I, I, I disagree with you on Pedro Pascal as Joel. I think he's doing a real good job. I don't think he's had enough to do. Um, it does very much feel like the Ellie Show, but I decided that I wanted another fix, and I also love Nick Cage. So I watched The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. It honestly, I. Like, I really liked it when it first came out. But, you know, like, when you get further away from watching something, and you're like, oh, it, can't, it can't have been as good as I remember. And maybe maybe I didn't like it that much. It's fucking awesome, is the unbearable way of Matthew Talent. It is so funny. And they're both just awesome in it. Um, yeah, that, that bit when they're on LSD and they think those guys are chasing them is just, it's just like... Proper like old school slapsticky kind of shit. It's ace. Um, so yes, yeah, so I watched that. I watched um, 
Okay, so I've finished watching a film that I started a few weeks back, which obviously I didn't speak about because I haven't finished it. Um, so I watched Footloose. Fucking great movie. Mark, whatever you're doing is being picked up by your mic, something wrong. Sorry. He's been a dickhead. Um, <laughs> yeah, end of Footloose. The, obviously the 2011 one, not the, not the Baconator one. Um, it, it has it has no business being as charming as it is. Fucking great movie. It is so good. Um, and I said to you, didn't I, after I finished it, the, the boys in this, like normally when there's when there's dancing in films, the, the girls are kind of, they, they're the ones that get to do the showy shit. Yeah. The boys fully put all the girls to shame in this movie. Yeah. Fucking um, five-star banger. The, the Ren guy, whose name I can't remember, and Miles. Kenny Wobbled. Yep. Um, and and Miles Teller are the dancing in it is ace. Like it's it's just so good. It it makes me tear up at the end when they do the dance bit to to the actual Footloose song. It makes me really emotional. Cause it's great. Yeah. Cause it's brilliant. Makes my heart grow two sizes. Um, I'm only pissed off that you watched it without me. You know you you rewatched it. I was pissed off with you for watching it without me. I watched it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then Sunday, I decided I wanted a bit of a bit of a feel good film to watch. You know, Sunday. So I watched Leaving Las Vegas. Nice. <laughs> Oddly, though, like I remember this film being really deep and really kind of like heart wrenching, and I don't know whether I've just got like meaner with age. It's... But it's I find it really indulgent. Like, both of their behaviours just really indulgent. Yeah, that's the point. And like, I know that's the point, but it's like... I remember watching it and being real sad. And this time I was like, well, you know, you chose your path. Well, that's the point. That's the... Yeah. But it, it felt quite... Two-dimensional. <sighs> My thing with leaving Las Vegas is... I'm... I... It, it, Nick Cage is very, very good in it. But I don't think it's actually that great a movie. It's good. Mm. I don't think it's that great. I think it's a, it's a film that has two exceptionally good performances in it. Yeah. In a movie that's actually just kind of alright. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you there, to be fair. I think it's a movie that people think is better than it actually is. Yeah. Well, I remembered it being better than it. Yeah. Then, then I found it this time around. Um, well, I mean, yes, still, still good, just not as good as I remembered. Um, I started another film that I haven't finished, which is a, which is a uh, another feel good film that I'll talk about next week. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I won't spoil it. Um, I also watched The Invitation, the twenty twenty two one with Natalie Emmanuel. I'm glad you said that. Oh, uh, yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said the 2022 one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you worry a little bit there, Ian? Why? Mm-hmm. Why? I'll, I'll, I'll explain to you later on. Uh, okay. Now, have either of you watched this? No. Yeah, I saw it in the cinema last year, buddy. And what, what did you think of it? I can't remember. <laughs> Fuck, I, I don't remember it being the worst thing I've ever seen. But, yeah. I don't know, it's weird to me because... The ending was a bit like, I, okay, let's 
watch more of that film and less of what happened before. <laughs> what, were they just going to go around and find them all and kill them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely watch that. Her and her sassy friend going around and like just murdering vampires. Yeah. That would have been great. Yeah. I mean, it's basically an expansion on the the kind of Bride of Frankenstein, not Bride of Dracula <coughs> kind of thing, isn't it? Um, and like them as people given agency and a backstory. He's like supposed to be like the Dracula figure and they're the three... Is it three... No, whatever they are, writhing around in a room in the um, Keanu Reeves movie. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, do you know what? I, I didn't hate it. It's it's quite good fun. I wouldn't I wouldn't ever sit here and argue it's good. But is it because you were like asleep? I do like that. No, no. She has got good hair in this. She cuts it at the end. Um, no, I, I just really like Natalie Emmanuel. And the thing is, to me, she's always going to be the girl out of Hollyoaks. Like, that is always where my brain's going to categorise her. And to see her, like, in Fast and Furious movies and, like, being... Like, she's a really charming lead in this film and she carries it flawlessly. Like, she's just brilliant and you don't feel like... It doesn't feel like she's a ensemble actress that's been given a shot. She just feels like a, a lead. Um, so, yeah, that was that was good. And she, she is real good in it. Um... Yeah, but I, again, I wouldn't necessarily... I wouldn't sit here and say it's good. It isn't, but it's fun. I, I think vampire movies always are a bit hit, hit or miss, aren't they? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, enjoyed it. And then last night I watched R.I.P.D. What? The Rest in Peace Department, Mark. Why? Because <laughs> I really like it. Mark, you don't get to ask that. No. No, you really don't. Um, That's a fair comment. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know why I like R.I.P.D. so much? Because I really fucking love watching Jeff Bridges in stuff. And he's ace in this. As like the cowboy guy that's also a hot woman as his like avatar. And he's just like man spreading in the car with his crotch thrust towards Ryan Reynolds while he's pretending like to drive. But like anyone seeing it is just seeing this hot woman doing that. Like it's it's a real weird thing, um, and yeah, it's just it's just it's daft and it's not got much weight behind its story, but I, I do I do really enjoy it, um, and I also watched Creed three, which obviously you guys have discussed. It's fine. Yep. Oh, fuck you. I don't like boxing movies. Well, maybe they are something you're No, but the thing is... I oh, like dude, to be fair, she said she had no interest in watching it last <laughs> week. So if, I'll, I'll take fine as a win, Bex. I, the thing is, I don't like boxing movies, but I like the Rocky movies. The reason I like the Rocky movies is because I find Rocky to be quite uh, a nice character to be around. Like, he's interesting, he's charming, sliced alones. You know, it, it brings a lot of, like... Humanity to him. Yeah. And then there's Creed, which is just a boxing movie without any of the good stuff from Rocky. That's fine. I agree with you on the Rocky bit, yeah. But, yeah. Michael B. Jordan, he's just, he's just like, he just feels like a fucking cardboard cutout. I really like Michael B. Michael B. Jordan. I think, mm. he's a, I think he's a very good actor. In what? Well, um, 
Just Mercy. He's very good in that. See, I've not seen that. You have. You really liked it. I don't think I've seen you, that. You kept the cinematic scene with me. No, you went on your own for that one. No, I did. Just Mercy. Yep. Oh, am I thinking of a different film? Probably. Oh, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, sorry, I was getting muddled up with that. Go. What's that one that Chadwick Boseman was in that came out that was... Seven Bridges. That's it. I thought Michael B. Jordan was in that. Yeah, you, you watched that as well, though? No, I haven't watched that. Have you not? No. <gasps> you should, because it's no. good. And, it looks um, real fucking boring. What? No, you've got... Um, what's her name? Fuck my brain. I did Sienna Miller doing like a really weird accent for no reason. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, all right, yeah. Just Mercy's all right. I just... I just don't get it with him. It just feels really, again, two-dimensional. Not like a real human. But not... not. Yeah. Not Anthony Mackie. Well, he's just white noise. Ian, what have you... Have you got... Uh, game? You had a game? Yeah, Sorry. I did. Fucking jumping in, you twat. Now you finished films, so, you know. Um. Yeah, and then... Yeah, so I played... Um, well, I've played a chunk of Man of Medan. Um, mm. I like... So the game mechanics are very similar to um, Until Dawn, aren't they? Where you get the whole, like, updates on how your relationships with the other characters are progressing and, like, your different personality traits. Because I kind of missed that in The Quarry. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, so it's quite nice to have that in story spooky as fuck like i was i was playing it one night mark had gone to bed early because he was on he was on an early at work and i was playing it and it's it's kind of the bit where um they get separated um and he's no hang on are they on the big ship yeah 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 right then they get separated and like the captain i can't remember her name now Oh, I can't remember her name, but the captain is like Lydia Tarr. Not... Oh, Blit, Blit, Bliss? No, Fliss. I know the one you're talking about, the Caribbean lady. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's yeah. try she's um she's got away from the bad guy that's taken her when she went to try and get the distributor cap. Yeah, distributor cap. Yeah. And she's she's got away from him, and she's like trying to find a way out. And but then she finds Brad, the nerdy brother. And, like, they're trying to get out together, but then the game cuts to Brad, and he's just, like, in a completely different place, but then he keeps walking through doors and coming out in the same part of the corridor, like, fucking PT demo. And um, and I was like, wait, hang on, what? He was just with... Oh, the ship's causing twisty shit to happen. He wasn't actually with her. I... No, this is... I mean, it's too late, and I'm too on my own, and it's too dark outside, and we live too far in the countryside for me to sit and play this on my own right now. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing what your reaction to the end of it is. Oh, okay. Given what you're saying now. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, I'm gonna... I'm gonna... I'm gonna ramp back up on it. Probably, you're at work Saturday, and I'm not... I, I've got four days off now. Nice. So exciting. I've been... I've done it. Been reminding everyone at work that I've got four days off all day. Um, so yes, yeah, Saturday I might, I might get when, back into it. When you start on Little Hope, let me know and I'll jump back in then. Okay, okay. But yeah, really good. Really, really enjoying it. Like the whole like curate a bit as well. Like, is he in the other games? Is that like yeah a recurring thing? So it, it's yeah, because it's an anthology series, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but re- really, really enjoying it. Um, sort of very, very grateful for the recommendation, to be fair, Ian. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and that's me. That's what I've been up to. Ian, what have you been up to? Played the first couple of hour, hours of Resident <laughs> Evil 2 again and then deleted it because um, it's too scary. Fair. Oh my God, Ian, right? So quick sidebar. Right, you know how our eject button on our PlayStation is broken so I haven't been able to play any games yep. that are on discs for like a year and a half? Yep, so you bought a PlayStation 5. No, so I was moaning about it to the, the two much younger than me boys at work and they were like, why don't you just eject it from like the home screen? What? Yeah, you can just click on options over the game and you can you can eject it from there. <laughs> Shit, yeah, they're right. You can, can't you? I was like, are you fucking joking? <laughs> my games, Fuck, my I disc games have been in fucking storage up in the loft that. since we moved because I didn't know that. What the fuck? Buy a PS5. I will do when Silent Hill on that out. hot money now and... You guys can afford a treat. Well, we've just booked a holiday. That's the treat, so... When Silent Hill comes out, you will literally just drop it straight away, won't you? Oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. yeah. Just, just, just buy it now! I don't need it now! You get the PS5 edition of the Dark Pictures anthologies. Is it significantly different? The graphic, it looks fucking great. It looks fucking great on the PS4. It looks better on the PS5, you animal. <laughs> well, I'll replay it once, once Silent Hill's come out and I've played that. And then the Silent Hill remaster and I've played that. I'll replay The Man of Madame. Fuck's sake. <laughs> it's just... You're going to spend the money then to spend the money now. No. Might be on sale then. It won't be. It's too popular. Stupid PS5. Fucking great. You shut your mouth. (laughs) Right. Okay. So, uh, yeah. But apart from that, I I watched We Have a Ghost. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it kind of feels like Christopher Landon was like, well, I've got this lying about. And Netflix went, okay, Here's some money. And he was like, I think it could do with touching back. No, you shoot tomorrow. Here's Anthony Mackie. Um, I thought it was pretty fucking bad. Um, Really, like just two films in one. Neither of them fleshed out enough to be that good. Yeah. Over two hours long. Like egregiously long for what it is. Um... And yeah, I it it was everything in the trailer is in like the first maybe 45 50 minutes. And and then it it kind of goes on from there and becomes something that's just kind of more serious but also really lightweight. I was really disappointed actually. Mm. The problem is the two films that it's smushed together, one of them I'd watch and one of them I would avoid like the plague. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of them is like an 80-minute, we have a ghost in the house and we're going to take advantage of it and become popular and get TikTok views. Yeah. 
and and one of them is this there's a mystery to what has happened why this ghost is here and there is past shit to do with the house and there's revelations about the ghost's identity yeah and yeah th- that's like a melancholy study more. of like yeah that whole shit yeah, yeah, like the, the, the like the David Harbour character, the shit that it's revealed, he's at, like he'd gone through and like how he died is really really sad. Yeah. Um, and you you play that up more, great. But there's it's also just this got this comedic edge to it, and like Jennifer Coolidge being in it for a couple of scenes, and it's it just felt like it really really felt like Christopher Landon had a screenplay in his cupboard. And it was just, let's put this through the Netflix algorithm. Needs more Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> you know, and and that, and they did that. Um, See, I, I, I like really Jennifer like Coolidge, Jennifer Coolidge, but, but I don't need her popping up in stuff as a Jennifer she, Coolidge is Jennifer Coolidge in. Yeah, she she did not need to be in this at no. all. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty disappointed, but I thought the trailer was a bit shit, so... <laughs> There you go. Um, okay, it's so also on Netflix. Netflix has some random stuff come up in their top ten sometimes, where for some <laughs> reason shit just gets prominence. And just again, their algorithm goes. People need to see the David Duchovny starring Evolution. I like it. So to be fair, it's not wrong. Ten. Evolution's not great. I love Evolution. Again, I watched Evolution. I wouldn't say it's great, clear. but I do love it. <laughs> I yeah. So I remember this was a big deal back in the day, and you look at some of the credits of like the um, the the, the cinematographer. I can't remember the, the, them now, but like the cinematography is quite a big deal. The music was uh, John Powell. I want to say, and it's like a really big. Like Donna was watching it. And she was just like, this score feels too big for this film. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, because they just put too much into this film. <laughs> it, it, it's like, this is going to be big. It's the director of Ghostbusters. It's Mulder from the X-Files. It's Stifler from American Pie. It's the woman who told Mark Wahlberg, you can come in me if you want in Boogie Nights. And it, 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 it's evolution. <laughs> um, it, it's... I, I shouldn't actually describe Julianne Moore as that. I feel really bad. <laughs> but at the time, that's I'll, what she was. No, I'm going to be honest. That was part of my sexual awakening. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Julianne Moore, Boogie Nights, saying that to Mark Wahlberg. It's like, wow, we, that's something you can do. Um, anyway. Uh, sorry, <laughs> moving on. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh sorry uh right so evolution um this is the thing it's just like it's a stupid sci-fi premise that's just had a lot of money thrown at it and you know it's had a lot of money thrown at it when hen's shoulders are like we're gonna give you 30 million dollars but to be clear we're gonna give you that because we they're going to be the saviors of humanity. <laughs> and the film is literally going to end with a head and shoulders commercial. 
and it's why that was the one bit i remembered for seeing this in the cinema was the fact that like pre-credits it's just there's this bizarre ad for head and shoulders <laughs> and, and yeah yeah um very very cancelable material in this um orlando jones playing just a horny professor um like there's just a massive bit of like David Duchovny having a scene with Julianne Moore and then Orlando Jones just walking up to, up to him and going like she's fucking wet mate Jesus Christ I mean it may as well be that it, it's wild how just um, how times have changed <laughs> um, and you know re- re- really good CG but then also really good practical, let's just have them in a set with shit. Which you don't get much with these kinds of things these days. But David Duchovny is an interesting dude. Because he's kind of charismatic. But also kind of charismatic while also looking like he's about to fall asleep constantly. <laughs> That's and kind of always been his thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, after this, I watched part of the first episode of The X-Files and his first interaction with Gillian Anderson, he's just, it's weird. It's like this mix of being sleepy, but also maybe a bit horny. Like, I... I'm, I'm sure many men have had this where a, a you, you might have been asleep before your your wife or girlfriend comes to bed and then just for a moment you're like eh, I thought you were set to spy on me <laughs> but in it like Mulder's saying that but in a bed situation it'd be like whatever you're hey baby what's cooking <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so that's evolution. Fair. It's in the top ten on Netflix. And I've got no idea why. There's something else really random, like in the top ten at the moment. It's like an old, like an not as old as Evolution, but like an old uh, film. It's because it's a banger, Mark. That is like in the top ten. It's such a like you even say it, it's I, an oddity that top ten. I don't know because like Fall is number one on there at the moment. Fall is huge on Netflix at the moment. That I think that might be it. That Fall is there. Oh, the Journey to the Center of the Earth's in there as well. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. Journey to the Center of the Earth's on there. Like, what is going on? The Brene uh, It's great. So after the um, but that was the, it. The, the, the other the, one was uh, the Punisher movie. Oh yeah, I did see that was in there. Oh, wow, it's number yeah. four in the tr- films. What, the Thomas Jane John Travolta? Yes. Great. Why? Great. <laughs> um, so, Someone's just the day after wild. Evolution... <laughs> Sorry. Oh. No, no, you're good. The day after Evolution and watching uh, very... Uh, would not go in this day and age stuff, I deserved a good talking to. So I watched women talking. <laughs> How is that? How did this go? So, this is the last Best Picture nominee that I haven't seen. I haven't done my usual watch every Oscar nominee because I decided that I have better things to do with life, such as watch Evolution. Um, (laughs) So, um, 
Women Talking. Written, uh, screenplay by and directed by uh, Sarah Polly, and uh, is essentially the the story of a, a Mezzanite community, I believe, um, where um, at the start a, wo- uh, a woman is being raped, and uh, uh, the the attacker is identified, and previously the men and uh, because they believed it, the older women in the group had been uh, basically telling people, uh, telling the women that these rapes weren't real rapes and they were like ghosts and uh, visions and, thing- and things like that. Uh, the attacker had been caught, it, it, is in it, is in jail, and uh, the men of the uh, of the community have gone to arrange their bail. And they set them an ultimatum that basically they need that the women need to decide whether to stay or go. The men don't need to go anywhere or do anything. The women need to stay or go. So the women decide on three potential courses of action: do nothing, stay and fight, or leave. Made very clear at the start, they're not going to do nothing. It's either going to be stay or fight, stay and fight, or leave. And so free, the women of free families are elected to debate this and decide on what they're going to do. So, given that this is a film made to, uh, like in, in, in today's times, one of the critical f- spoilerish, I'm going to say now, f- problems that I have with the film is that right from the start, are they going to stay and fight or are they going to leave? Are they... When the film is very quick to have um, uh, Claire Foy's character basically say, well, no, like if we stay, nothing's going to happen. Are they going to stay and fight or are they going to leave? Because if they leave... <laughs> Could that mean that at the end they have a heart-stirring sequence where all the women are taking their daughters and younger sons away from this community to live a better tomorrow? I'm going to go ahead, Ian, and I'm going to guess that they leave. You might be right. Yeah? So, (laughs) the thing is... This film, again, it's just one of the key problems with film at the moment is you are making films for people who fucking agree with everything you are saying from the start and you are not doing anything to even try and attract anyone who's going to think otherwise. This film is not going to convince anyone of anything because it's either going to be well no all it is going to be is women deserve not to be raped and they deserve to have a voice and they they deserve not to you know they deserve not to be silenced they deserve to uh, raise the, and protect their children and those are messages that I absolutely stand by 
Yeah, I mean, it's... it's, it's of course it's, I fucking do. Yeah, you'd have to be a pretty a pretty rogue to say, oh, hang on a minute, let's have a bit of a, let's have a, bit of a chat about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly. And it, it, it's... But the thing is, there are forces today that, and always, that wouldn't agree with that. But you, you, there is no... There is no way that you were going to make this film that looks drab as fuck. Like, the it just looks dark and drained of colour. Um, filled with... It, it, there are moments where, they, you know, there's some dark humour and there is levity and whatnot, but you can't put that in a trailer for this film. This film is being solely marketed at people who want to be told for an hour and 40 minutes that women deserve not to be not not to be harmed and to have voices and and to live and but in a not exactly hectoring but just really be just going at like shaking you and going let me live <laughs> and I yeah absolutely I'm just all all throughout this film I'm thinking absolutely on point I don't need to be convinced of this and you are not fooling anyone coming into this film who are then going to receive a message like the I think about like genre filmmaking and how you can hide societal messages that have impact while also thrilling people and scaring people or, or making people laugh. Women talking won't do that. It is for an insanely niche audience of people who want to feel impressive watching the film that they've just watched and feeling validated and uh, you know there there is an there is an audience for that and the thing is it's not a bad film it's really really well acted it's got its heart on its sleeve but i don't know how any person who is just kind of into films is going to watch women talking. Mm. And I, I, I feel so bad saying that, but it's not entertain it, it's not entertaining, it's, it's not fun. It, it's, it's not even a good title. A lecture. It's no, and it's no, it's not. It's it's a lecture. It's educational. It's it's it's, and it's that's that not gift I sent it, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it 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 it, it, it is vegetables. It is vegetables. And I get why it's nominated for an Oscar, but it's also one of those films that's nominated for an Oscar and at no point will it win. The, thi like, the thing is, she said is doing a lot of the same good work, but has it in the prism of a journalistic, we need to get to the truth, we have these obstacles to exposing the truth. I, you know, and that there's that there's that thing that you can grab onto. This film, it's are they going to stay 
or are they going to leave? <laughs> but performances are, are really, are, are like really good. Uh, Judith Ivy should have got an Oscar nomination for it. She's great. Uh, Jesse Buckley, the Rooney Mara, um, uh, Claire Foy, all really, really good. It's a very, very well-intentioned film. It just, it is a film made for Hollywood and made for demographics of people who want to spend their money being lectured for an hour and 45 minutes. And that there, there are those people, there's not that many of them. Hmm. It's better than The Whale. We love that. Um, so, also, same day, I rewatched last year's Scream in preparation for Scream 6. Uh, I I like uh, last year's Scream. Um, I've watched it three times now. First time, I liked it. Second time, not as much. Third time, I'm back on board. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to Scream 6, and especially considering the, the reviews that are coming out. The Guardian just gave it four out of five. Okay. Let's see what that means. Um... Yeah, I, I I like it. I think it's smart. I think the third act is brilliant. The the killers and their reasoning, I it it feels on point. Um, and I I broadly like the cast. You know the 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 ones that I don't particularly like, like um the boy twins girlfriend who gets killed. I wasn't that bothered about her, and she gets shot. So fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I've heard some interesting things about Scream Six that if they play out, yeah, man. Let's see. Let's see what what it's got in store. So there you go. And uh, last one for this week, I watched John Wick Chapter Two. Nice. I mean, he, he, you see how he kills people with a pencil in this that I completely forgot somehow. Uh, and yeah, that, that that pencil does some good damage. Um, also, there's a bit where he is wrestling someone who is fighting for their life while he's pressing a shotgun against them and then just blasts it right on their chest. And I'm just like, that's an awful way to go. <laughs> that's just an awful fucking way to go. So many people die in these films. Uh, <laughs> but it's great. That Italian guy the bad guy in it he's such a dickhead and just the way that he goes out talking about how uh the the restaurant in the continental cooks stuff with duck fat and how he could stay there for a long time and then keanu reeves is just like bang you're dead i love it and that the ending of chapter two as well it is just like right when's the next one yeah, I can watch the next one now. Can I? Let's go. The thing is, now <laughs> yeah, it's such a good ending. <laughs> he's got one hour. Jonathan's got one hour. You know, he's excommunicado. <laughs> it's great. Really looking forward to rewatching chapter three before the two hours and forty-seven minutes long chapter four, which early reviews are coming out and are all saying the same thing. It justifies that great. runtime, and it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, I, what, what, what a treat! What a treat those films are. Uh, seriously, man, chapter two, 
that whole fucking subway sequence where him and Common are just like doing like silent shots at each other is. I kind of hope Common comes back as well because like he leaves him in the subway, like with uh, with the the knife in his aorta. And it's like if you pull this out, you will bleed to death. Which kind of intimates like could Common come back with like blade in his aorta keeping him going <laughs> or something. I kind of want John Wick to get a little bit sci-fi. <laughs> but maybe that'll jump the shark. But who knows? Anyway, John Wick Chapter 2, a treat. That's it for me. Nice. Uh, I don't have that much of a bit of a... It's, I have built up like a good buffer for myself with films this year. Yeah. And it's in case I have like weeks like I've had this week where I've watched not as much. Um, so I did my... Uh, last week I did my yearly rewatch of Rookie of the Year. This, year, this week I did uh, The Sandlot. Um, it's just a really fun movie. It's it's a great thing that um, it, it's this is it's 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 pre fucking Toy Story ruining children's movies because what you used to get is um, you used to get loads of these like three or four of these a year at least. You know, you, you look at the, the careers of people like the young careers of like Elijah Wood and mm-hmm. Macaulay Culkin. You'd get these movies would come out. And this was, like, I mean, this movie was made for $7 million and made $35 million. So if this movie was a horror movie, it would be considered a, a hit. Stuff to take your kids to during the summer holidays. It's stuff to dump your kids in summer holidays. It's fucking, you know... 95 minutes before credits it's fun it's a little bit um, juvenilely distasteful at points um, in the sense that it has just silly jokes in it uh, and bits like that and it's it's relatable japery uh, that they can get away with there um, and then the problem is you had in 95 Toy Story came out it was a huge hit and it's a good film um, but then it was decided no all kids want to watch are these big fucking what's it yeah. movies but then anytime a movie like this comes out it does well that sneaks through it does well <laughs> I was extolling the virtues of Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie it's a good film uh, yeah so really enjoyed The Sandlot it's a fun movie it's it's a bit nostalgia baity but it is it is fun and the the what whose hands on top of the is it's the way? beast. Oh. The beast is a dog, but uh, it's like this legendary dog. Um, a bit like the one in Stand By Me. Yes. The junkyard dog. Yeah. So uh, I watched, but then I watched another James Earl Jones movie yeah. um, this week as well. I watched uh, 2001's Finders Fee. Um, so uh, cast is that doesn't exist. Well, listen, the cast. <laughs> you made it up. Um, <laughs> So, you've got Ryan Reynolds, Matthew Lillard, Dash Mihawk, um, uh, Robert Forster, and James Earl Jones are in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, fucking mental plot. It's it's all basically set in one place, and it's an apartment. Um, and it's a group of friends go around to play poker every, like, one night of every week. Uh, they go on to play poker, and the idea is that 
they have like a ten dollar buy in and they play for like fifty cent hands and whoever wins wins uh, the pot. So the like the forty dollars that will be in the pot. Plus, uh, as well, what they each have to do as well and put it in the pot is they have to buy a lottery ticket and the lottery ticket goes in the pot as well. So if somebody wins the pot and they've got the lottery ticket, they've also won whatever the lottery will, will be. Um, so the main character, um, Tepper, at the start of the movie, he finds a wallet uh, in the street uh, and proceeds to... Like, when he gets home, while he's setting up for this poker night, he calls. Uh, there's no like ID or anything in the wallet, but there's a uh, a bank card. But there's no like driver's license or anything like that. Um, but there's a number for a guy seeing Victor. So he rings up this random number and says, "Look, I found this wallet. It belongs to this guy called um, Avery Phillips. Um, if you know the guy, I've got his wallet. Here's my address." As he's putting the wallet away, he notices a lottery ticket. And what would you have? It's the winning fucking ticket. Because the lottery is drawn that night. So he's got like this $6 million ticket. But he's also told this guy to come and pick the wallet up. His friends are coming around to play poker. And the lottery ticket. It's all... So you've got all these bits going on. Fucking James L. Jones turns up. And he's the guy whose wallet's been lost. Um, and yeah, and you've got all these bits going on for him wanting to fucking like James L. Jones ends up joining the poker game as well. Um, but it's 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 quite a tense movie. Yeah. Like in terms of like what's going on within it, it, it it's it's quite claustrophobic and quite fucking tense because everyone feels like nobody trusts anybody yeah. within it. And some of it's real like low level. I don't trust you because they think they're cheating at poker yeah. or it's taking too long for them to decide whether or not they want to play in this hand and bits like that. And then you've got um, Tepper thinking that everybody knows that he knows that that's a winning ticket and he's acting really fucking weird about it. And James L. Jones, as the guy whose ticket it is, is acting really, really fucking weird about it. And it's it's all weird and they can't leave the apartment because there's been some kind of shooting outside and they're not allowed to leave. Um, and then there's a lot of kind of convoluted bits, but in the end, he ends up, Tepper ends up essentially giving the ticket to James L. Jones via a lot of like convoluted bits. Mm. Um, and James L. Jones like the character is going, oh fucking, you know, I can't believe you've done this. This is like this is amazing. You know. And then he goes off and scoots off. Tepper's like, like fucking like trying to re you know like look at how do I fucking sort my life out? None of my friends like me anymore. His girlfriend who he's supposed to be proposing to that night has left because he wouldn't let her in the apartment because Ryan Reynolds' character had fucking attacked James Earl Jones' character and all this lot. And so there's all this shit going on. And there's a fucking knock on the door. He answers the door. What would you have it? It's Avery Phillips. And it turns out James Earl Jones was the brother-in-law that Victor, that he'd rang to say that he'd uh, found this other guy's wallet. Wow. Yeah, it's it was it's decent. I'm not gonna say everyone should rush out and watch it, but it was it, it was quite fun. I quite, good, quite enjoyed it. That's twisty. Um, a movie that's not that much fun <laughs> is 
Netflix movie of the week, uh, Your Place or Mine. Right. Starring a... I never realised Reese Witherspoon was that chesty. Um, and Ashton Kutcher. Who I have a bit of a soft spot for, don't I, Vex? Yeah, you do, yeah. Yeah. He is, without question, the best thing in this movie. What, not even Reese Witherspoon's breasts? No. If she got to that age where big boobs are no longer sexy, they're just a bit matronly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like that. Right. So, Ian, have you watched this? No. no. Are you going to watch it? Because you shouldn't. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm supremely not bothered. Right, good. So, I'm going to go for a pee while you're talking about it. I can still hear you, right. but just if you ask me anything. So, I'm going to get into the plot because it makes no sense. Cool. So, Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon's characters get together in like 2003. Right? And that's the start of the movies. They get together and they hook up. But then they don't form a relationship because Ashton Kutcher's character, apparently, we find out this years later, says that he's a piece of shit and she shouldn't be anywhere near him because she's a nice person. So we so we fast forwarded 20 years and they're just best friends. But one of them lives in LA and one of them lives in New York. Um and then they're just best friends. Um, and they te- speak to each other every day. Um, Ashton Kutcher has become really successful uh, in what he does. Uh, and Debbie is kind of like, she's doing all right. She's been married. She's split up from her husband. Uh, and she's got a kid. Um, and she's like, they're suppo- she's supposed to be going to visit uh, Ashton Kutcher in LA. Or New York, sorry, in New York. Um, because she's doing this degree thing it's, it really makes no sense why she's going there but she's going to go to New York but she can't in the end because her babysitter lets her down so Ashton Kutcher says you know what you come to New York and I'll come to LA and I'll look after um, Jack the kid played by Jimmy Kimmel's fucking brother's fucking son um, Jammy Kimmel it's uh, Wesley Kimmel so not far off <laughs> um, yeah J- Jammy Kimmel's the brother obviously it's Jammy and Jimmy right, it, it's yeah. actually like fucking it's the, the producer isn't it we're just making a joke alright just saying nepotism um, so <laughs> right this is like the first five minutes of the movie I'm explaining here by the way mm. This is great. How long is it going to take to explain the other? I'm not going to. I'm not going to explain more. <laughs> sorry, that was, that was a little bit catty. I'm what I'm going to say is, it, <laughs> it basically, it, it basically is that Ashton Kutcher describes um, Reese Witherspoon's character to her as "You're not a helicopter parent. You're a surround round parent. You are overparenting this kid like a motherfucker." Mm. And then it's kind of celebrated that she does this. And it's it's such an odd movie in that you're supposed to think that Ashton Kutcher's character is kind of not like a full-blown piece of shit because you're supposed to kind of root for him, but an irresponsible dickhead. Right. Who's quite shallow. Mm-hmm. And that she's, you know, just hyper-organised and, you know, just really loves a kid. But it's like, no... 
She's an uptight dickhead who overparents her kid to the point of where the kid is fucking miserable. Mm. And he's actually got a really fucking good job and, you know, has just flown to the other side of the country to look after his friend's kid just for a couple of days, just to help her out. Yeah. It's such an odd film. And there's a really weird subplot about the fact that her suitcase only has two wheels and loads of people keep saying, you know they build those with four wheels now. They're called spinners. And then randomly, um, Zoe Chow's character, uh, Mika, who might be the best character in the entire fucking thing, who is just an old hookup that uh, Ashton Kutcher had that she randomly runs into um, while staying at his place. Um, who like just becomes like her life coach is yeah just buys a one a four wheel thing yeah so it's, it's a bigger subplot oh Steve Zahn's in it he plays a guy called Zen who he's like a he's independently wealthy because he sold some kind of tech company and he's her neighbour and he does all of her gardening and everything like that Hang on. And Aston Kutcher's like, oh, so you're in a garden? And he's like, yeah, I, lo- I love it and everything like that. He said, oh, so how do you find time to do your garden? And he's like, oh, no, I have a guy who comes in and does my garden. Yep. Yep. This does not sound like a good film. It's not. It, but it's held up by the fact that Aston Kutcher is quite fun to watch and he's quite funny. The guy has got good comedic timing. I don't think that would get me to watch this. No, nobody else should watch this movie. It's not very good. Is it? You've watched it so we don't have yeah, to. Yeah, I've watched it so you don't have to. You take that bullet quite a lot, don't you, I man? do take that bullet quite a lot. I'm always happy to take it. What I would say is Reese Witherspoon has gone from being charming to mm. being just, I think I'm fucking great. Yeah. And so do you. And you're watching it going, don't think we do anymore <laughs> yeah you're kind of a dick mm. yeah mm. oh yeah also within the movie she finds the uh, a, a book that he, that Peter's written in an oven and accidentally gets it published by a guy she has sex with on at the end they get together not the guy she had sex with Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon it's an awful lot goes on in this movie yeah for no real reason it's not very good. Doesn't sound it. It's not very good. Uh, bit shit, three out of five. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, that's that's what I've done. I was going to talk about a game thing, but I can't even bother because fuck games. Um, wow. What game thing? Well, all right, fuck it, I will do. I'll, I'll, I'll indulge you for five minutes about gaming. So, about the only game I play and I can get through playing is, is FIFA. I play it every year. I get it every year. It's the same every year. Always comes out near your birthday, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, but I always buy it. It's, it's September because it's yeah. around the you know it's so they can get enough done with it at post transfer windows mm. and bits like that. Um, but my interest in it has, has has diminished over I would say the past seven or eight years, hasn't it? Yeah. I used to play it an awful lot. Literally, I used to be able to play FIFA by buying it the day it came out, and then it would literally come out of the PlayStation. Because I was replacing it with the new version. <laughs> and now I buy it and buy like fucking November I'm bored of it. 
And part I mean, of the reason not even that long. Not even that long. And part of the reason is I I'm not interested. I'm not gonna play Ultimate Team because I don't want to buy packs. You know, I, I I've touched a girl's breast. I don't need to buy packs. Packs of cards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I I don't want to play uh, online because I don't want to I don't want to play against some fourteen year old who Does should spend else. more time masturbating rather than playing this game. Um. So yeah, I, I play career mode. Mm. Career mode is shit, and they try to make it better in this game by adding more animations to things that you that I, ju- that I just have to skip more things. Yeah, <laughs> There's just more things. things that I have to skip because I'm not interested in that. No, I'm not interested in like when you buy a player. Um, there's like this, it gives you a grade to tell you how well the deal went. Right. Like, like, and how, if you bought a player for like 12 and a half million, it'll give you a grade on, like, based on where they will fit in your squad. So it might give you a B if they are not quite as good as another player you've got in that position of your squad, or you've already got good squad depth in there, they don't really add anything, or you overpaid for them, or you paid them too many wages. I'm watching going, this isn't real money, I don't care. Yeah. There's no consequences to this. No, no. It's not like if you get too many C grades, yeah, it's gone. That you'll get fired. And that really like long that. animation when when you sell a player and you, you, you walk them to the door looking really sad. Yeah. You can you you can loan a player at like a seventeen year old kid to a team that you're thinking well, I'm just going to loan him there because what is it? But you still have to sadly walk him out of the what is it <laughs> and then kind of shake their hand and it's the same animation every time. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, do better. I'm, I'm hoping that EA are going to look at it and go. Actually, we do need to do better. Also, things that you used to be able to click on one button. It's now five buttons. Yeah, they've made it harder well, to play the game. I feel like they're gonna they're gonna put a lot of effort into the next one because the next one is the first non FIFA. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be like EA FC. It's gonna be the first non FIFA one, and uh, as well, they're bringing career mode online for this one. Apparently, so you can, right. you're going to be able to. The rumor is that. You're going to be able to play against. Sorry, I'm just plugging the laptop in. You're going to be able to play against other people who are also playing career modes. Well, that's what you don't want. No, but you're going to be able to play like like you might be able to have like a league where you've got someone playing as Tottenham, someone playing as Arsenal, and someone playing as Chelsea. Right. It's going to be a lot of coordination. I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. The thing is, but they might make the mechanics of that mode better so that not. people actually give a shit yeah. and are interested. Mm. Um, Either I, that or they'll make the online one really good and the offline one will still be shit. Probably, yeah. I, but I also like the fact that, that it will it, it is almost confirmed that what will happen going forward is they're going to go, right, this game is... is, is we're going to produce a disc version, but we want you to just buy the online version, mm. the download version only, and then they're going to start charging you for updates to it. So be- well, yeah, I mean, so that that's something that's essentially called games as a service, mm. where it's like the game is a platform, yeah. 
and then you just have updates and enhancements made to that platform. So, which which does feel like a very logical way it, for EA to go. It does, and it makes sense. If you release the game and you go, look, here is the game. It is a proper game. It's not a... You're going to have to pay for it. It's not a free game that is a little bit iffy, but hey, it's free. And go, here's the game, but... If you want the latest transfers all added in uh, in January, it's a fine. But then we'll keep on improving the graphics of the game and bits like that. Which you, you'll just keep downloading new bits to the game. And then next year, you don't have to go and buy, go and buy another fucking game of it. There will be a FIFA 20... Well, it won't be FIFA, it'll be EA Football 25. We'll just be... It will be a download that is available on a certain day, like they do with yeah, yeah. Modern Warfare, where it's new maps or a new season and bits like that. And you can add, that, that's exactly add it. bits like that. That's a better idea because you can start with that. You, you can do silly things like go right. You can buy FIFA fucking points or coins or fucking whatever they call it, gems or whatever they call balls. Or your fucking transfer kit, your war chest, whatever stupid thing they're going to come up with. You can buy that, but within career mode, you might be able to go, do you know what? Fuck it. You can buy these retro shirts. You can buy new fucking boots to put on your player. We're going to release them. What is it? You know, that I might go, do you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Go on then. <laughs> I probably won't, but I'm more likely to do that than go, hmm, I'm going to buy some packs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're random as well, aren't they? Yeah, and they basically admit that you're not... If you look at the odds for getting anything decent, mm. they're like nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, so that that, that was my little FIFA-based run. Fair enough. Do better, yeah, please. Quest- so, questions. We have a couple. Mm. I'm finding them. Uh. Craig Dawson, uh, with you branching out into non-film stuff, any chance of timestamps for each main segment of the episode? Not a fucking chance, mate. Sounds like a lot of. Work. Sorry, that was that was just incredibly fucking blunt. Sorry, no, um, unless we get more clamour for it, and <sighs> all right, so. Editing the show, putting the bits together and putting it up is already, it's not a lot of time, but it's time. Going through the show and pinpointing bits would be more time than I'm currently willing to do. Which I think is fair. And I'm sorry, Craig, because my initial reaction was, was harsh. I know a lot of other shows do that. A lot of other shows uh, make money from their shows. Yeah, we we don't like the Patreon. Like barely keeps the lights on, so that that, that if if that so yeah, um, I I apologize for my initial reaction. I'd need more people to tell me it was useful, but I get where you're coming from. 
Uh, Rick Kidd, as I missed last week, as I was on a bus- as away on business, uh, here's two questions for you this week. We missed you, Rick. We did miss you, Rick. <laughs> I One, did wonder why I didn't send a question last week. I did a little bit. <laughs> Rocky franchise or Creed franchise, which do you prefer and why? Rocky. Rocky. Rocky, there's more of them. Yeah. Rocky, it, it, it's a better story. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed Rocky the Creed Rocky 4 ones. is an absolute fucking banger. Yeah, Rocky 4 is a banger. Uh, Rocky fucking three. Uh, do you know what? They're all good, with the exception of five. Is that the one with the annoying kid? Yeah, which I will admit is crap. But, you know, they're, they're, there's all bits within them all that are really good. Two, you know, has got them running in short shorts. <laughs> Three's got fucking Club of Lang. Club of Lang? Yeah. Two's got the chicken. Yes. Which one's that? Two, two. two, yeah, it is two in it, yeah. And four's four. Four is magnificent. Second question. Um, What one thing do you want to see happen at the Oscars this Sunday? Could be a certain winner, could be a fight, could be a notable moment, could be something completely random. Feel free to go wild. Honestly, at this point, all quiet at the Western Front to win nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I'd really like Sea Beast to win Best Animated. Yeah, you really want that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, because it's not... It's not... It's not on anything kind of... Related to anything else kind of movie. You know, it's not a fucking Pixar movie. It's just its own little thing, and it's it's really quite good. I want... I want... As whoever they get to present Best Actress in place of Will Smith because he's banned, whoever they get to present that, right? Hmm. So as they walk out, I want Will Smith to fucking jump up, fucking unzip whatever disguise he's been in, run at them, just start beating on them, and then grab the envelope and go, and the best actress goes too, (laughs) and your eyes, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I want... Ashley, Anne? Oh, 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 I've got one. I've got one. Cool. The, 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 the song from Triple R, I want that to be performed in full and I want it to be absolutely fucking bonkers. I mean, apparently it is getting performed. Well, I, I might yeah, stay up just for that. you two fuckers are going to miss it. No, I might stay up just for that. Basically, but I, I'm literally at work at seven in the morning the next day. If, if you want to do Oscarvation with me and Andrew Jones, you are more than welcome to. Hmm. And moving on. Um... Yeah, that, 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 that was it. What we covering next week, Ian? <laughs> so next week, we've got the very Oscar-adjacent double bill of 65 million years ago, Adam Driver killed dinosaurs, and Scream 6. Let's go. I, I, what a double. I, again, I, I, was, I was aware that 65 was coming out the same week in the screen, but I, my brain still thought that was like a month away. Yeah. To be fair, there's been no there's been no reviews of sixty five no. at all. But I've seen loads of posters for it and like bus things for it. I, it, it does feel a little bit. If it was going to be good, we probably would have heard it's good by now. But <laughs> who knows? Yeah. It feels like a real weird, like just random non time for Scream to be dropping. 
Mm. It's, I don't know, it's pre-summer, in it? It's like, it's just a slot that will probably work. Like, to be fair, I think they probably could have just dropped it in October. Like, it hasn't been that long since the last one. Yeah, they could have waited a little bit. Yeah, I feel like I hang on to it until Halloween. I don't, they, they mm. don't seem to have liked releasing the screen ones in Halloween. Mm. No, they don't. Summer, like they don't. Summer Blockbuster. Well, the first one was a Summer Blockbuster, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It, it just seems like a really it, nothing time to be releasing it. It's going to do well, though. Yeah. That's the thing. It's a nothing time, so it will do well. Yeah. Mm. And the reviews of it are decent. It's why Shazam's coming out next week. You are. Yeah, isn't it? It's why Shazam's coming out next week. Because mm. it's not going to do that well in any other fucking time other than mid-March. Yeah, but I feel like Scream would anytime. It's got a built-in audience. Yeah, but it'll do well no matter when it... it, it Scream, Scream 6 will make the same money no matter when you release it, I think. Mm, right. Well, thank you very much, Rebecca. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. Sorry again, Craig, because that was honestly that was a perfectly decent suggestion. I just, I, I, I can't even. No, not right now. And thank you very much, audience. <laughs> and most of all, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark, for hosting. Yeah. Yeah. Not want to slap myself on the back, but you know. There we go. You're a fucking hero, mate. There goes my hero. <laughs> I feel like that should, should play every time I walk anyway. You reckon? Yeah. Right. Bye. Bye. He's legendary. <laughs> oh, fuck, I enjoyed that.